0: So, Heavenly Father, right now, we pray that you will minister deeply into all of our lives. We pray for a deep move. And, Lord, I pray for a fabric shift in our thinking and in our spirits. I pray, Lord, that you'll do some deep surgery today in all of our lives, that something will move and we'll leave these next few minutes more healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I really believe that prayer. I believe that we've got a significant few minutes in the rest of this Sunday service. Um, I'm going to talk about the hurts and the healing of a father. And uh, from we're continuing our series on Joseph. And Joseph was a man who was almost overloved by his father. If you've got your Bible, you could perhaps turn with me to Genesis 37. I read these verses last week, but I just want to emphasize them again. Verses 3 and 4 says this, that now Israel, that was Jacob, his father, loved Joseph more than any of the other sons, because he was born to him in his old age. He made him an ornate robe and uh, When his brothers saw that his father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word for them. And as the story of Joseph plays out, and uh, Joseph is raised up to be a leader in Egypt, and a famine breaks out, and his brothers have to go down and get food from Egypt later on. The other younger brother, Benjamin, is also favored by Jacob. And it says in chapter 42 that their father, Jacob, said to the brothers, oh, you've deprived me of my children. Joseph is gone. Now Simeon's a captive. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything's against me. This was an overbearing father. This was a father that his relationships with his children was kind of about him. You know, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting or changing like shadows. You know, we've all kind of done things as fathers. Once, uh, I, I wonder if my daughter's watching actually from Orpington and Kent, and so let me just have a confession time to her once I was bouncing Lydia on my knee and uh, I was lifting her up and down and I didn't realize I had a cup of coffee on the floor and so every time I bounced her down her foot went into my hot coffee and so she was kind of going, yay, oh, yay, oh, you know, and I was kind of, I thought I was helping but actually I was hurting, confessions of a dad, Uh, we've all done things as dads where we thought we were helping but we're not, We're not really... One of the hardest things about being a dad or being a parent actually is that we all fall short. That actually there's no perfect parent. In fact, there's only one perfect father. And that's the father in heaven. James 1.17 All good gifts come down from the father above who does not change like the shifting shadows. Joseph's father... Jacob or Israel, fell short because he tried to love Joseph in a too intense way. He, he showed favoritism. In fact, he fell in, and, and I want to call it what it is. It's a sin of favoritism. And that's why in our nation right now, when some people feel that no matter what they do, they're not favored, it, it has a real destructive effect. Um, move in their hearts in fact James again in chapter 2 of his book says do not be and do not show favorites amongst people in fact it's called but if you show favoritism then you're sin and you are sinning and it's like being a lawbreaker and that's why we need to stand against some people being cast out and some people being favored in an unfair way. And people uh, who do this are actually sinning. So let's call that out. Let's call favoritism. Let's call racism out as a sin. And you know, perhaps we can uh, say to uh, in in Jacob's defense or uh, Joseph's father's defense that he grew up in a family that was, was riven with favoritism. And I'm going to just... Show you three lessons today, and here's the first one coming up. Let me give you the background. Uh, Joseph's great-grandmother, or Jacob's grandmother, Sarah, uh, who was the wife of Abraham, she had a favorite child, and that was Isaac. And she didn't like Ishmael, her other half-child, uh, part of the family. And in that family, there was, they didn't seem to be able to know the difference between being chosen and then showing favoritism in a narrow way. You come down a generation, and Isaac had a favorite son, Esau, while his wife, Rachel, had a favorite son, which was Jacob, Joseph's father. We see it again in the next generation that this family had this idea of favoritism and then well obviously we see it coming down into Jacob uh, into seeing it quite natural to play favorites. In fact Isaac so favored Esau that even when God said that Jacob should get the blessing we all kind of uh, say about you know Jacob or Israel being a deceiver and stealing Esau's blessing. But actually, at the birth of, of, uh, uh, of Jacob and Esau, God clearly said that Jacob would be, be the one that would be favored. And Isaac so favored Esau that he was even willing to go against God. Here's my point. In every family... You pick up things that are not right, that seem natural to you. Jacob had grown up where favoritism was something that was in that family. And sometimes what we have to understand that in all of our families, we've all picked up attitudes that are not okay. And we have to call them out, grow past them, and move towards what the Scripture says about them. But even though we grow up with imperfections, even though we grow up with things that we've inherited from our parents or inherited from our family attitudes, that as in our private conversations of family, we've always, we've, we've said an opinion that actually isn't scriptural, we have to grow past that and then grow into what Scripture says. I remember the day... Uh, very clearly, with my own parents who saying, "I can't join in with what you're saying right now, because the Bible says that this isn't right, and it caused great friction in my family. We all pick up attitudes that we thought were normal. We all have things that we just think, I, this is my family's opinion. And that's why right now in our nation, in our family, in our church family, we need some soul searching to just ask ourselves, have I picked up something that actually isn't scriptural? That isn't biblical? That isn't actually where God was heading? Sure, God chooses us. And instead of celebrating that natural chosenness, Jacob's family and Joseph's family made it a narrow favoritism where they shut other people out. Being chosen is different than being exclusive. We have to have large hearts so that we love everybody and yet walk in the unique destiny that God has for us. We may not be able to help our upbringing and we may not be able to help the the things that have been placed on us and we haven't really known whether they were right or wrong. But actually, if we look into the Bible, we can find a scriptural template of how we're supposed to be. And one of the things that I wanted to share with you today is that whether you have had a strong father influence or not, you can still learn the fatherhood of God. Now, why do we need to learn this? We need the fatherhood of God in our lives because it brings a a wholeness and completeness to our lives. And it brings a solidness so that we can progress. So, let me just teach you three things about the fatherhood of God that are really important. You see... My first lesson is we all pick things up in our families, but we need to grow past them. And we can if we give ourselves to studying what the Scripture says and then applying it. This is what the Scripture says about the fatherhood of God. Number one, you are loved because you are you. Some people call this the unconditional love of God. I prefer to call it the... Uh, God loves me no matter what love of God you see and it's from that healing platform that that we know that we are loved no matter who rejects us no matter who's against us you are loved by the Father. And you need to receive that today. Instead of comparing yourself to others, that you begin to say, well, God loves me. In fact, 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 says, how great the Father's love is for us, and that He's lavished on His love in Christ Jesus in all uh, to all of us. And the first thing about the Father's love is this, and the first thing to understand is so that you get secure in your thinking and in your heart and in your self view is you are loved no matter what no matter who says what no matter what happens you are loved can you receive that today on this father's day can you begin to open up to the father's love even if your father wasn't there for you in my own life my father passed away when I was eight years old he was a distant figure in my in my mentality and when I came to Christ I had no idea about the security of being loved by a father And I had to learn that my heavenly Father loves me. And that all the people who had their opinions about me, that actually the love of God begins to trump all of those opinions, begins to supersede all of those opinions, and begin to settle me down in my spirit, so that from that solid base, I could then begin to grow into the man that God wanted me to be. Can you receive that today? And that's for everybody, that's for men and women, that you are loved. Number two about the fatherhood of God. You know, the fatherhood of God involves receiving the loving discipline of God. The loving discipline of God means that he wants to cause a stretch in your life, a place of progress in your life. The things that you desire to do, God will discipline you so that they become a delight to do. The things that you desire to do, but you can't do them yet, God will work a way of discipline so that they become a delight for you to be able to do. And from desire to discipline to delight, that's how it works. You know, in Hebrews chapter four, uh, chapter 12, verse 5, it says this, And have you forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when He rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines... Those whom He loves. He punishes everyone He accepts as a son. Now endure hardship as discipline. And we've been enduring this lockdown and this coronavirus. But God's been teaching us things and disciplining us. And He's putting a stretch in your life so that you can make progress. God is treating you as sons. For what son was not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline then you are like illegitimate children, the Bible says, and not true sons. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? God unconditionally loves you and the same God will always bring a stretch discipline into your life. Our fathers disciplined for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. I just simply want to say you can learn the fatherhood of God by allowing yourself to have a disciplined stretch. A place in your life where you say, God, I can't do that yet, but if I apply myself, I will be able to do that. Maybe that's in your prayer life. Maybe that's in your finances. Maybe that's in your relationships. But we need to have the discipline to stretch and move on so that God produces something more in our lives. See, the fatherhood of God first involves that you are loved because you're loved because you're loved. And the second part is that God stretches us because He wants you to become something more. But there's a third part of the template of the fatherhood of God is that He gives us the right perspective on submission and authority. You know, in our nation right now, the suspicion is that leaders are there to harm us, that people in authority have not got our best interests at heart. And I kind of get that culturally. It stems, actually, from this lack of having a balanced view of fatherhood in our lives. That actually, all of our lives need boundaries. All of our lives need direction. All of our lives need to see that authority is there to protect us and direct us in the right way. Some of us don't want any authority in our lives. We're, we're very comfortable with the, with the Father Heart of God message that says you're loved. We're very comfortable with the Father Heart of God message that wants to heal our wounds. But we also need to see that the side of God that He will always want to direct us as well as bless us. Of course He wants to bless us. Of course He wants to pour His love upon you more and more and more but He also wants to direct you and and bring boundaries so that your life moves in good places. This is the template of fatherhood that I want you to receive today. Both men, women, boys and girls, you are loved. You will be stretched in discipline and you will be hemmed in at times so that you can move in the right direction. Love, discipline, authority and submission. That's what fatherhood means. Uh, I didn't have my father to teach me that. I had to learn that from God. I had to learn that from the Scriptures. I had to learn that from being in the community of the church. So my first lesson today for you on this father, Father's Day is you're going to pick some things up in your family. You're going to pick some things up that you need to grow through and grow past. You're going to have to look at the Scriptures and say, no, that's what the Scripture says and I'm going to grow into what the Bible says. Because we need the fatherhood of God in our lives because it grounds us and shapes us and moves us to be the right person that we can be. You know, I think about another thing in this uh, story. After the, if you go to the end of the story with Joseph... Uh, Joseph has saved his family, has given them plots of land, he is. He's provided for them. He's protected them from Pharaoh by saying, call yourselves shepherds because Egyptians don't like shepherds. He's done loads for them. He's, he's blessed them and their flocks and their families are safe. They've gone and buried their father under an armed guard from Egypt. There's nothing more that Joseph could have done. But when uh, Jacob dies, and when Joseph's father dies, all the other brothers are still afraid. Oh no, has Joseph really forgiven us? And you know why that is? It's because all the family relationships revolved around how much Jacob was in love with them or not. And I want to say this to you as dads. I just want to give you some practical advice. Don't dominate every relationship in your family, particularly with your older children. Let some of your older children be brothers and sisters to each other rather than everything having to come through you. When they were little, you organized everything. But now, as they grow up, let them be family. Let them organize themselves. It would have never happened in Joseph's family that they still thought Joseph might not have forgiven them had Jacob taken his hands off and let them be brothers amongst themselves. And I just want to say to you, let your family Be a family amongst themselves. Let brothers love brothers, let sisters love sisters, let brothers love sisters, and let sisters love brothers. Don't always try and orchestrate absolutely everything. And I guess that's a word to mothers too. Let your grown-up children be the adults that you hope they can be. So what I want to say to you, my second lesson is, hey, Give some space for your family to have its own relationships. First of all, you're going to pick up some things. You've got to grow past it. Second of all, in your family, let some space come so that they can have relationships amongst themselves. Last lesson on this Father's Day, and I'm going to ask the worship team just to come back, actually. This is just a brief lesson. In the story of Joseph, in the story of Jacob's life, uh, Jacob uh, stole a blessing from Esau and, and Esau was bitter about it. If you look in Genesis chapter 49, at the end of the story of Joseph, everybody wants Jacob to bless them and to speak blessing. He says to Joseph, he's like a man who, who's got influence beyond his borders, and, and that was true. He blesses Judah and says Judah will carry the scepter, and we know that Christ came through that. That The blessing, the words spoken by the Father were key in their lives. And that's the simple lesson that I want to share with you today. Dad, your children need your spoken blessing over their lives. They need the affirmation. They need the encouragement. Not just nice words, but intentional, spiritual words where you say to them that you believe in them and that God loves them and that they can follow Him. And as you give them your blessing, they will be blessed. The New Testament says, fathers, don't embitter your children. It says, don't be somebody who's always on their back, always teasing them, always challenging them. But actually, I want to encourage you, Dad, to bless your children. And of course, that goes for all of us. Actually, it goes for us in the church. That we, The Bible says we should bless and not curse. That we should bless everyone, even those who persecute us. That how much are your words, are they a blessing? And so my third lesson on this Father's Day for you today is bless your children with words intentionally. My first lesson is, is just simply this, that you will pick up things in your family background, but you can grow past that. Because the Bible's stronger than your family background. My second lesson is, give your children the space to have relationships amongst themselves. But my third lesson today is this. Bless your children with your words. In fact, I'd say that to you as a church. I'd say that to you as a person. Why don't you bless somebody with your words this week? Why don't you allow your words to flow and be an encouragement? Because as we bless people and words lift people up, and then it turns into action, and then that turns into destiny, and that turns into change. You know, as a pastor, I can't be kind of the the organizing father of everybody you have to learn to love each other in the church for each other of course we'll do our part but why don't you reach out to somebody in church this week and you be the loving person that you're supposed to be you see on this Father's Day let's learn the fatherhood of God that anchors our souls into love That anchors our personality into health. That anchors our spirituality into destiny. Because God loves you today. He's going to stretch you today. But he's also going to guide you today. When I say happy Father's Day, can I say it in this way? Happy heavenly Father's Day. Who loves and cares for us all. Let's worship him for a few moments, shall we, as we close our service.